Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Your Better Self, the podcast that focuses on identifying your strengths and your achievements, your likes. We look at your dislikes and your failures, all with the intent of finding out how to create and how to prepare you for your better self. I am your host, Dr. Legina Memra. This month, our sponsor is a company called The Learning Firm. You can find out more about them at thelearningfirm.net. This weekend, I did some research on The Learning Firm. Um, I know that they focus on employee engagement. And so I was looking at different organizations who do the same thing to kind of get a better feel for what's going on in the market and in the industry. And what I found is there's pretty much a seven-step process to obtaining and um, retaining and maintaining employee engagement. So there's a lot of things that can be done. So let's just agree that there are seven major steps that need to be done. The first step is collecting data. So um, doing surveys, doing focus groups, um, talking to managers, interviews, observations. There's a a variety of ways to gather data um, to find out what the story is, to determine how employees are feeling about managers, how they're feeling about the organization, how they're feeling about the culture, um, their peers, their industry, with the goal of do how what percentage of the employees are actually feeling engaged. That's a critical step. It is a critical step. And what I found is there's a lot of organizations out there who will help organizations, okay, a lot of companies out there who will help organizations to gather this data um, in all the different ways that I mentioned. What I didn't find are organizations who help you go through steps two through seven. So now that you have the data, what do you do next? Um, What's the story? I don't even know if they even tell you the story or they just give you the data. I'm not sure that they do any form of analysis. I don't know. They may, they may not. I don't know. But what I do know is that they stop after step one. And I found that the learning firm is one of very few organizations who carry you through steps two through seven. So they do step one as well, um, if you haven't done it through someone else. So they have the data that's going to tell the story. And then based on that story, they'll identify what your, your gaps are to obtain an employee engagement. And then based on those gaps, they'll take you to the next step, which is propose recommendations on how to fill the gaps. Based on the recommendation, they'll take the next step and implement solutions. Once the solutions are implemented, the learning firm was one of the few organizations I saw that will stick around and do some post-implementation evaluations. So they will stick around to say, okay, did we actually give you what you need? Did we fill that gap? Are your employees now engaged? They'll repeat the process of collecting that data to see what kind of lift you got. And if you didn't get the lift that you were hoping for or that they said you would get, they would repeat that process for you. So steps two through seven, the learning firm honestly was one of a handful that I found that actually focuses on step two through seven. Um, And step one is kind of just like an assumed necessity. So I was really impressed with that. So the learning firm, um, you can find out more at thelearningfirm.net. If you need to boost employee morale, um, identify how engaged your employees are, identify what gaps there are. Um, If you need help filling in the gaps, maybe you already know what needs to be done. They can step in at that point. Um, But yeah, check them out, thelearningfirm.net. 
I'm going to reach out to the owner and tell them they need to focus on put in there some kind of ways, steps two through seven. We do steps two through seven. <laughs> um, I was actually impressed with that. So anyway, that's our sponsor for the month, thelearningfirm.net. Okay, um, I have a challenge for this week. I have, Dr. Memra, I have two books on the website, llcunningham.com, um, volume one and volume two of Unexpected Expectations. So the challenge for this week, for the first four people who order two books from the website, they will get one hour consultation with me. If you're new to the podcast, my expertise is employees um, and uh, in helping employees achieve work-life balance. So my expertise is in helping you be the best professional at work while still being the best you um, in your personal life. So you get one hour consultation with me to talk through whatever it is you need to talk through to get to that point for you to achieve a work-life balance. Um, and then those first four people are also going to get a gift card to walmart.com for $250. So between now and next Monday, first four people who order two books, you can order two of volume one. Maybe you want to give them a gift to somebody. Um, you can order two of volume two, or you can order one of each. But the first four people who order two books will get the one-hour consultation with me for free, and they'll get a $250 gift card to walmart.com. So needless to say, stay tuned to the different episodes that will come up for this week, but definitely tune in on Monday where I will announce the winners, and hopefully you are one of them. All right, let's get to this week's content. So focusing on your better self, how to become your better self. First week we talked about your, your life. We looked at your past, present, and future selves. Second week, we talked about self-talk. Is it helping you or harming you? And then my husband wrapped up the week, um, Dr. Memra, the controversial Dr. Memra, talked to us about um, knowing yourself and being aware of who you are with the intent, again, of becoming your better self. So this week, we're moving away from interpersonal stuff and we're going to get into practical stuff. Um, this week, we're going to focus on finances. Again, if you want to be your better self, your finances have to be in order. So first topic is going to be money management. I have three tips here, best proven tips for managing money. Um, simple to do, simple to implement, regardless of where you are in your financial, your money management skills, um, your financial journey, whether you make 5000 a month, 5000 a week, 5000 a year, you'll still be able to do these three things to get those money management skills. So, Legina, why is this important? The way you manage your money and the way you manage your time are direct reflections of how you are managing your life. There are also two different ways to get control of your life. So, if you have no idea how to manage money or you know that you just simply aren't managing your money, um, that will tell me how you live in your life. And you're probably not your better, your best self. And you're probably not working towards being your better self. So time management, we'll talk about that um, in the future, is critical. This week, we're going to focus on money management. If your money is all over the place, again, doesn't matter how much you make, everybody needs to manage their money. People have a peace of mind when their finances are straight. It's just a known fact. Um, so let's get into our three tips. So three tips I have. The first one is track how you're spending your money. The second one is create a monthly budget. And the third one is save. Nothing groundbreaking. We've heard it all before. We just don't do it. And I'm guilty of it. 
I am guilty of it as well. So preaching to the choir as well as I'm talking to you. So first one, track your spending. If you don't know how you're spending your money, then you don't know how you're managing your money. I'm super guilty of this. Um, I will just go buy food. Don't really care how much it costs. If I want the pizza, I'm going to get the pizza. If I want steak and potatoes, I'm going to get the steak and potatoes. I have no idea how much I'm spending, when and where, which means I have no idea of what's still left, which means I may not be able to pay my bills at the end of the month because I went and had steak and potatoes when I could have just cooked at home. So tracking spending is critical. You have to know where you're spending so that you know what's left and you know how to budget for the rest of your month, which goes into our second one, which is create a monthly budget. So when I talk to people about budgeting money, the first thing they want to do is start cutting out things. Um, and then it, it sets themselves up for failure. It's unrealistic. So again, I may take, I may eat, um, take out three to four times a week when I was single and it was just me. Um, I, for me, it was just easier to do that than to cook at home. But if I tell myself now that I'm trying to create this budget and live within these guidelines, so to do that, I'm only going to eat out once a week, that's unrealistic. I'm setting myself up for failure. I know how to cook. I enjoy cooking. But when it's just one person in the house, for me, it, just, it was easier to just go get something um, than to cook. So when I created a, much, a monthly budget, I included my three to four times of takeout. So I did for, okay, let me back up. So for tracking spending, I wrote down everything that I spent money on. So that's where I found out I eat out about three or four times a week. Um, that's when I found out I really don't pay attention to how often I was eating out and how much I was spending. Um, I wasn't paying attention to how much gas I was paying in the car. I have no idea how much a gallon of gas costs. I just know I need to fill up my tank. And so that's what I did. So based on just jotting down everything that I spent my money on so that I could track it, I created a budget around what I discovered. So in my budget is three to four times a week of takeout. So if I only do three, then that extra whatever I would have spent, $15, $20, whatever, it just goes back into um, the bucket of money. So I don't spend it on something else. It just goes back into the bucket of money. But with the takeout, with the gas, now I know how much gas costs a month. Now I'm paying attention to how often I drive my car when sometimes I'm driving it and I'm just going walking distance. So I've stopped driving as much and I've started walking in instead. And so side note, you can already see the health benefits in that piece right there. Um, so I'm managing my money and I'm getting some type of exercise in to stay within this monthly budget. Um, what else did I discover? I'm a wine drinker. If people don't know that about me. Um, I love Cabernet Sauvignon at the end of the day. I start my day with coffee. I end my day with wine. I don't care what happened in between. If it's good or bad, <laughs> positive or negative, I don't need a reason for coffee. I don't need a reason for wine. That's what I do. Leave me alone about it. Um, so I have a brand, a daily brand that I drink every day. So I don't go buy the expensive bottle of wine. Um, I stick to my one brand. Unless I find something else that's on sale, which is rare. Um, but I know how much I'm going to spend um, on wine a month. I didn't try to cut it out. That's unrealistic. I didn't try to replace it with something. That's unrealistic. I included it. And then if I get to the end of my bottle before I'm supposed to, then there's a day or two or three where I don't have wine. 
I don't go by the line. So that's the um, trade-off I've made for myself to stay within the budget. Um, luckily for me, I don't have small children at home, um, so I don't have daycare. I didn't have to think about any of that stuff. Um, with my husband, the grocery bill is a little bit higher, um, but that's no biggie. We just threw things in there. Um, what else is in there? Entertainment. We are both introverts. We would much rather stay at home than go out and do stuff. Um, but we understand the value of getting out and doing things together. So we, we do have that built in. Um, so entertainment is in there. And then conversely, I didn't put a whole lot of money in the budget for entertainment. Cause like I said, we'd rather sit at home and cook at home and eat, have wine and just chill. That's really what we prefer. Um, but I did create it in there because we do put forth the effort to try to get up and get out and do stuff. So I did include something in there. So whatever your budget is for you, you will know once you do your, your um, once you track your spending, you'll know what type of things need to go into your budget. And again, base your budget on how you, your, your current spending habits, how you're already spending money, base your budget on that. Now, when you do your budget, if you realize I'm spending too much money on wine, I'm spending too much money on entertainment, um, I do better buying groceries instead of cooking out. Make those adjustments, but make them realistically. So your budget should be um, your budget should be structured, but not restrictive. If that makes sense, you need to be able to move within your budget. You need to be able to still feel like you're living life. Um, you should not feel like you're sacrificing because you're trying to live within the budget. What you're just trying to do is manage your money which is going to lead us into the third one is saving. So you're going to see where can I um, cut some fat, where can I cut the spending, and then that that you're cutting, you actually save. You're not going to miss it because you're already spending it. So if I'm spending, based on my tracking, I learned that I spend $500 a month on all of my living expenses. Within my budget, I can cut out um, one takeout a day, I can cut back on wine um, and I don't need to do as much entertainment. So maybe I can cut out $50. So now what I'm going to do with that $50 is save it. I'm not going to allocate it anywhere else in my budget. I'm just going to save it. You're already spending it. You're not going to miss it. And that's the goal is to have enough savings so that when life happens, you're able to take care of it. So let's walk back through it. So we're going to track our spending. We're going to jot down write whatever categories you know you have. Everybody has household expenses, um, rent, mortgage, utilities, insurances, whatever. Just do a big bucket. Um, and it is what it is. We have entertainment, whatever that is for you. Um, even though I said my husband and I are introverts, we order a lot of movies. So we still need to account for that. Um, if we're going out, we need to account for that. So an entertainment bucket. Um, if you want, for me, I needed to separate wine because I'm a huge, I, I buy a lot of wine um, and I buy a lot of wine. I like bottles, the wine bottles I do them for decorations. So for me personally, I separated wine from entertainment because that is an expense for me. That's like a, for real, <laughs> that's a real expense for me. So I separated that out. But once you do your, you track your spending and you see where you're spending money, um, you'll naturally have your budget. You use the exact same things that you're spending um, your money on now to create your budget. Um, so within your monthly budget, you're going to look at how much money are you bringing in? How much money can you afford to actually spend on everything? So don't leave anything out. Don't say, um, 
I can spend 300 a month, but you didn't include your rent. So your monthly budget needs to include everything you need to spend money on. Like it's a, a all encompassing budget so that you know what you're spending every month. You have in mind how much you want to spend every month. You may even want to have goals. I do want to cut out $50 this month. Where am I going to do it? And then you kind of stick to that throughout the month. But then again, that $50 goes into our step three, which is save. So you're not shaving $50 so that you can go buy a new purse or you can go buy a new pair of shoes um, or you can upgrade, I don't know, I don't know, upgrade something $50 worth. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, so the goal is to create that monthly budget so that you know how, how you're spending your money. It's going to create some structure for you. It's going to create some discipline for you. It may create some sacrifice for you, depending on what your goal is for the end of the month. But ultimately, it should create some savings for you. And in that savings is where we have the peace of mind. Because I have X number of dollars saved, I know that when life happens, I can take care of it without having to go get a loan, without having to involve family members. I know that I can take care of it. And that's a peace of mind that once you get it, you'll understand it. Um, I went a long time. I think I was in my mid-20s before I even started saving. You know, $20 here, $50 there. Um, and I was well into my 30s before I got serious about saving. Um, any event, life happens type of thing. And so I was in my late 30s when I got into the 401ks and the IRAs. Um, I got beyond, you know, just the basic CDs and savings accounts. But once I had that, I truly had a peace of mind that I'm managing my life. I'm managing me. Um, should anything happen? And again, I had a young son at the time. There's a peace of mind of knowing I'll be able to take care of it. And I was truly financially, I was my better self during those times. Um, so, okay. Money management. Top three ways to manage your money. Why it's important is the way you manage your money and the way you manage your time are direct reflections of how you manage your life. If you don't know that, please know that people who are watching you know that. So if you're frivolous with money, you're careless with money, we know you're probably not really managing your life well. And the same with your time. You're always late, you're probably not managing your life well. So money management this week, time management next week. Top three ways of managing money. First, you got to track your spending. You got to know what you're doing, know what your habits are, how you're spending, where you're spending, what you're spending. From that, create a monthly budget. So now you can put some structure around what you're doing. You don't have to change it if it's working for you, but know what you're doing. Have a monthly goal. I'm not going to go beyond this or I'm going to come short on this so that I can have something to save. And then the third tip is to actually save. That is the goal is to have... Um, money saved up so that when life happens, you don't fall back to the you who's not the best you. You don't fall back to having to beg, borrow, and steal. You can take care of it. And there's a sense of pride that comes with that. There's a sense of structure that comes with that. There's a sense of being a better you that comes with being able, that comes from being able to take care of you. So that is the goal. All right, so leave me some comments about what you think about the three steps, um, any questions you have about the three steps, um, any additions you have, what do you think should be step four? So now that you've tracked your budgeting and you're saving, what do you think should be step four? 
Let's talk about it. All right. I am Dr. Legina Memron. So thank you for joining today. Let's about talking about money management. Um, again, remember the challenge. First four people who order two books from the website, llcunningham.com, will get a one hour consultation with me about work life balance. Um, you also get a gift card to walmart.com for $250. And again, the sponsor for this month is The Learning Firm. Please check them out at thelearningfirm.net. And I, yeah, I did miss. Okay. All right. <laughs> I will let you guys go. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I will talk to you next time.